Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. In 1962, politician and author Claire Booth Luce was worried that President John Fitzgerald Kennedy's attention was splintered among too many competing priorities. A great man, she told him, is a sentence. Abraham Lincoln's sentence was, he preserved the Union and freed the slaves. Franklin Roosevelt's sentence was, he lifted us out of the Great Depression and helped us win a world war. My mind turns to the sentence of the current occupant of the White House. But I digress. We don't need to be presidents of anything to write a sentence for ourselves or each other, and just doing it could change the trajectory of our lives. What's your sentence? Let's make it both retrospective and aspirational. Maybe your kids are little, but you want your sentence to be, I raise children who are happy adults. Maybe you're midway through a teaching career, but you want your sentence to be, I taught two generations of students to read. It's not too late. The very cool thing is that today could be the day that you start writing. She cared for everyone, regardless of whether or not they could pay her. He listened to everyone with patience and kindness and tried to make their days glad. If we're very lucky, our sentence will be a reflection of our passion. If you're feeling like your sentence might be, she always remembered to take out the trash, or he bought a lottery ticket every Wednesday during his lunch break, Chances are you're in trouble. There's a great MTV interview with um, Bruce Springsteen from sometime in the mid-80s when uh, Born in the USA was playing nonstop on the radio. Shaking his head, humble as always, Bruce tells the VJ, you know, man, I just can't believe I get paid for doing something that comes so natural to me with so much love. That's passion. That's about being in flow. This past week, I read the history of the science of being in flow. It's pretty great. Um, In 1944, 10-year-old Mihai Csikszentmihalyi boarded a train in Budapest in Hungary. He, his mother, and his two brothers were heading to Venice, Italy, where his father was stationed as a diplomat. 
Before long, bombs were exploding in the distance, and then bullets came tearing into the train. Mihai crouched under his seat, terrified, but also a little annoyed. Sixty-five years later, he recalled, it struck me at that point that grown-ups really have no idea how to live. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi grew up to be a psychologist. When studies in the United States concluded that more than 50% of employees aren't engaged at work, and almost 20% are actively disengaged, he began studying the power of creativity and play. He began to notice that when people were doing what they love, they really lost themselves in it. They were so enthralled, he said, they seemed to be in a trance. He called this somewhat inscrutable transcendent feeling as being in flow. And that, he concluded, is how we should live. Presbyterian minister and author Reverend Frederick Beekner defines vocation or calling as the place where your deep gladness meets the world's deep need. How do we get there? And how do we get from inflow to our sentence? They're deeply interrelated. Canadian entrepreneur and author Daniel Laporte writes, all forms of work and art are an opportunity for liberation and contribution. It doesn't really matter where you are on the scale of entrepreneurial drive, or if you're in the metaphorical jungle with a machete or a butter knife. You can call it a hobby, a labor of love, or a world domination plan. You can go with the flow. You can call it ambition, hunger, inspiration, drive, avocation, or putting food on the table. You can crush the competition, unite the people, or change just one person's life. The point is this. If you want to do meaningful things, and make lots of really good stuff happen in your life that's really exciting for all of us. The truth is most evident in seeking our freedom. We liberate our potential to accomplish incredible things. American poet David White writes, you must learn one thing. The world was made to be free in. Anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. Writing our sentence, being in flow, is about tapping into our vitality. Danielle Laporte tells this very sweet story of taking her four-year-old son to an ice cream parlor on a summer night. They're sitting in the garden under the twinkly lights, contentedly licking their ice cream cones. And Danielle says, so monkey, how's your life? And without missing a beat, her four-year-old replies, oh, mama, it's amazing. If I were a telephone, I'd be ringing all the time. The obvious questions are, when do you feel amazing? What makes you ring? 
There's a less obvious question too, and it has to do with our sense of being okay, good enough, lovable. I don't know if you know this, but in the mid 1800s, when our ancestors wanted to buy this land, this land that became the corner of Arlington and Boylston streets, it was occupied by a circus. I like to think that those folks came on inside and we inherited some of that wacky, edgy, playful, roar of the crowd, hush of the crowd, high wire spirit. Further back in 1720, when our congregation first gathered in a barn on what was then called Long Lane, Bostonians called us the Presbyterian strangers. Emphasis on the strange. We've definitely been countercultural from go. So the less obvious question is about how much or how little we feel we need to be normal, whatever that means. In his book, Original Self, psychotherapist Thomas More writes, the need to be normal is the predominant anxiety disorder in modern life. Normal is boring. Can I get a witness? Thank you. When we're after amazing, we're looking to be off-center, which is what eccentric means. We're looking for authentic, spiritually curious, hungry, devoted. 13th century Sufi mystic Jalaluddin Rumi wrote, lukewarm won't do. Half-hearted holding back, well enough getting by, not here. I repeat, it's not too late. There are hundreds of stories of people who decided to rewrite their sentence mid-sentence. One of them is J.K. Rowling. In 1994, seven years after graduating from university, she saw herself as a failure. She'd been a researcher, a secretary, taught English as a foreign language, and worked at the Chamber of Commerce. Suddenly, she was newly divorced with a dependent child and jobless. Signing up for welfare benefits, J.K. Rowling described her economic status as being as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless. Diagnosed with clinical depression, she contemplated suicide. And then she began to write. Infant daughter in tow, she wrote in cafes and then typed the emerging manuscript on a manual typewriter. Her first book had been rejected by 12 publishing houses when Bloomsbury, a small London publisher, took a chance on it after the CEO's eight-year-old daughter, Alice Newton, read a chapter and immediately demanded the next. J.K. Rowling's agent advised her to get a day job since she had very little chance of making money in children's books. We all know the rest of the story. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was published in 1997 and was followed by six sequels, now the best-selling book series in history. And one of the many things I love about J.K. Rowling, perhaps my favorite, is that she has given away so much of her money to charity, she's lost her billionaire status. Yeah. 
American poet Mary Oliver writes, I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Beloved spiritual companions, what's your sentence? What comes naturally with love? Normal is boring. Lukewarm won't do. Where is the place where your deep gladness meets the world's deep need? When do you feel amazing? In seeking our freedom, we liberate our potential to accomplish incredible things. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.